Radio MD. It's time to Ask Dr. Mike. Do you have a question about your health? Dr. Mike can answer your questions. Just email Ask Dr. Mike Smith at RadioMD.com or call now 877-711-5211. The lines are open. I have three questions now from Bart Taylor. He is, I know, a longtime listener of my show and he has sent me other questions before, and he always sends me challenging, thoughtful questions. Smart guy. So let me start first with a um, really a a, res- a reply or a response to a past show that I had, where one of my guests was talking about chronic pain. I want to say it was Doctor Toogood, and he has a book out, "Chronic Pain Gone in Ninety Days," and. And he, he links a lot of chronic pain to inflammation and, of course, inflammation to inflammatory substances that we're putting into our system. He talked about things like MSG, toxins, et cetera. And one of the things he talked about is chocolate. And he made the, the connection between chocolate when it's processed. Obviously, we use milk, right, to make milk chocolate. And there's a protein in milk called casein that is big-time pro-inflammatory. So in his own practice, when he removes casein, milk products like chocolate, out of his patients, eliminates them from their diet, they they feel better. And he had some pretty dramatic, you know, um, examples of that. That's his experience. So so now Bart says, your recent guest who advised not eating chocolate because he thought the casein in the chocolate was inflammatory to the joints, he said the problem with this is plants don't make casein, meaning the cocoa bean. Uh, plants don't make casein. If there's casein in chocolate, it's because the manufacturer used milk to process it. Most dark chocolate, such as 85% cocoa, is not made with milk products and as such has no casein in it. Y- correct. But So, yes, Bart, when you just look at chocolate, cocoa bean, cocoa butter, there's no casein. Cause you're right. It's the processing of it to make the chocolate bar. And, I, and I, I, I'm going to defend Dr. Toogood here. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about 85% cocoa. Um, you know, he's talking about opening up a wrapper, a chocolate candy bar, opening up that whether it's milk, chocolate, or dark chocolate, doesn't matter, and eating it. That that has been processed with milk, and that has the casein in it. I'm pretty sure that's what he, what he was talking about. That was my take on it. When he was talking about that, I didn't challenge him on that because I just assumed he was talking about Snickers. <laughs> just don't eat that chocolate. Hershey Kisses. Should I stop branding other companies? <laughs> I, Mark, I'm pretty sure that's what he, but what he meant. So, the the real issue with Doctor Toogood is milk products, and and in particular, one protein in there called casein. Okay. Next question from Bart. This is a really good one. What's the point of taking the same probiotic every day? Bacteria seem to multiply so fast that I doubt if someone swallows a probiotic one day that there's none of the probiotic bacteria in the colon the next day after consumption. I could maybe see taking probiotics once a week. What do you think about cycling probiotics throughout the week? Great, great question, Bart. And this is a question that we've actually looked at at Life Extension. How often do we really need to take probiotics? It is true that bacteria divide very quickly. They go through multiple generations in one day. Right. So that that's true. 
But that's in a perfect environment. That's in an environment in a petri dish, or that's in you know in a wound. You get a, a an a, you know an anaerobic type bacteria that just festers in the wound, and that wound is just a perfect environment for that kind of growth. The problem is, is the gut, in, or, although in a perfect world, the gut bark should be a perfect environment for that type of growth and sustained growth of healthy bacteria. But given how we live today and given the environment we live in, that's not the case. The gut is no longer, the average American gastrointestinal system is no longer that perfect growth medium. Okay, for those healthy gut bacteria, it turns out we have better mediums for the bad guys, but for the good guys, it's not really that that perfect growth medium. So when you take a probiotic pill, in theory, it should release all those live bacteria. They should seed it. They should divide. They should be happy and everybody's doing great. And maybe you could cycle your probiotic pill, but that's not what the case is in the average person. We take the probiotic pill. Uh, and, and, and by the way, Bart, no matter how well that probiotic pill is manufactured, you're not going to release all of them. There's no way a probiotic pill is 100% live bacteria. That's just even when you protect them and provide the prebiotic, that's just not the case. So right there, you're losing some just by taking the probiotic. And then it gets out there, it seeds the gut like it should, uh, but then we're eating bad foods and we're taking antibiotics and we're eating food with antibiotic in it and we got nitrates and we have pesticides and we got plastics and you just add all that in, our own stress, emotional stress, physical stress, you add that all in and yeah, how many of those good gut bacteria from that probiotic really take hold and really start to divide? That That is the question and we don't believe it's that many. We do believe in today's world, based on how the average American is eating and living, we need to take a probiotic every day. Now, Bart, I think you're the type of guy who is probably much more keen into health. You, you, you are a health enthusiast. You ask very intelligent questions. Uh, you probably even have a background, I would say, in medicine of some sort, or you've done a lot of great, you know, reading and research on your own, which is awesome, and I commend that, and I love questions from you, Bart. Um, so someone like you, who is much more health conscious and who is eating right and who is decreasing stress, who's not eating the gunky food, yeah, go ahead, try it, save you some money. Take it once every three days. I, I guess that would be fine. You know, Maybe if you get a stomach issue for whatever reason, you take it every day for a while, and then you go back to a, a cycle. I have no problem with that, assuming you're healthier than the average American. But the average person I talk to is not like you, Bart. They're eating the standard American diet, which is sad. They're stressed out, overworked, not sleeping well, um, drinking Diet Cokes. Yes, no, I tell them to take it every day. God, I love that question, Bart. Bart then says, this is another cycling question. Should you cycle resveratrol and curcumin? It appears these two supplements work by hormesis. As such, I've understood you shouldn't do the same hormesis every day without a break. What would, what would be a good cycling time? Maybe five days on, two days off? Are there other supplements which would work off hormesis? Okay, so I guess, Bart, the first thing we got to make sure is the listeners understand hormesis. Hormesis is the theory that a little bit of a stressor goes a long way. A little bit of radiation, actually, from just, you know, living on Earth is helpful for you. It stimulates 
um, protective processes in the body. Uh, you know, calorie restriction, perfect example of hormesis. Restrict calories, it kind of is a little bit of a stressor that turns on defense mechanisms, the anti-aging genes, you know. So, and I do believe in hormesis. I think there is some legitimate science behind the theory of hormesis that a little bit of a stressor is good for you. I, you're, Bart, the immune system is totally based on hormesis. <laughs> you know, you get, a little, you get a little bug in there, you react to it, you develop some antibodies that then can cross-react to the bigger bug that might hit you. That's a, the whole immune system is based on hormesis. And, and, and Bart is correct. Um, you know, there are nutrients that have both anti-inflammatory and pro-inflammatory properties like curcumin. So you get some anti-inflammatory effect, but then in some cell lines, it actually stimulates it a little bit that actually activates defense mechanism. But I don't, I don't think the hormesis mechanism is quite that strong in curcumin and resveratrol, so I don't think you need to cycle it. But if you want it to, sure. How about during the week you take them and on the weekend you take a break? I mean, I, I, that's perfectly fine. Save you some money, too. Um, we haven't really worked out exactly what would be a good cycling regimen for a you know, a product or nutrient or whatever, or some therapy that, that is based on hormesis. We don't, that's a little bit down the line, Bart, but great, great question. This is Healthy Talk on Radio MD. I'm Dr. Mike. Stay well. <laughs> 